The Ed and Tom Show presents the Fantasy Island Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm one half of the Ed and Tom Show, Tommy Tayolode Commissioner. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing... I'm not doing great, guys. I've lost five fucking games in a row. Are you fucking kidding me? Am I? How am I doing? How can you ask me that shit, you bunch of rude fucks? God damn. Sorry, came in a little hot there, guys. But anyway, um, yeah. Fuck fantasy football and everything about it. Why am I even recording this thing? Because I love you guys. That's why. Because I am dedicated. I am your commissioner. And I am dedicated to all 11 of you stupid motherfuckers. So, yes. (laughs) Yes. Back to business. I am Tommy T, your Lord Commissioner, owner of the one in five. Yep. Aren't you jealous? The one in five untouchables. But guess who's not one in five? The goddamn 49ers. The Boise State University Broncos. That's what's good. That's what's good right now. Had a got a had a could have would could have had a conversation with uh, my boy today, and he put things into perspective. He's like, he ain't got nothing to be mad about. He's doing well in fantasy. 49ers are undefeated. Boise State's undefeated. Doing good things at work. Doing good things in school. Nothing to be worried about. Life is good. So I'm I'm glad glad my boy's got a good head on his shoulder. And shit, maybe a little bit of me rubbed off on him. Well, maybe a little bit of him will rub off on me is what I'm getting at. Because I am not doing well. He is doing well. But anyway... But how about them Niners, motherfuckers? How about them Niners? So, had a little bit of conversation with all you guys on the text messages uh, about uh, 49ers, Seahawks, teams that are good, teams that are bad, shit going on in the league, stuff like that. It was pretty interesting. (coughs) Morty. But anyway, um, so yeah, so fucking... for me, for people to get pissed off at me because I'm happy that my fucking favorite team, the one that I have been true to since I was fucking pissing and shitting in my own diaper, which may or may not have been 10 years ago. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, my entire life been a Niners fan. So when I my team does good, I'm going to be fucking happy about it. So if you got something fucking negative to say about it, great. I don't, that's awesome. But don't fucking belittle me for it. Oh, you should be, you should be five. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Joey. This fucking bullshit, dude. Everything that is, everything that anybody can be happy about, you got to fucking shit on it. 
You do. You got to fucking shit on it. Can't just be fucking happy. It must suck being in that fucking world where everything is angry and and you can't be excited about shit, dude. Like when the Broncos win, I'm pretty sure you fucking aren't happy about them winning because you go, oh, it could have been better, blah, blah, blah. Dude, life is fucking short, man. Be happy. There's only, you only get fucking 16 games from, you're only promised 16 games from your favorite NFL team. They win, fucking embrace it. Be joyous. Because it doesn't, you don't get it. And then when there's no football on, everyone wishes there was fucking football on. So if the Niners are going to fucking be winning, you best believe I'm going to be fucking loud about it. Because fuck yeah. My team's better than fucking yours. And I want to be fucking happy about it. Yes. Please. Whoo. Sorry. I still love you, Joey. But fucking stop shitting on people when they're happy. Huh. Okay. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Anyway. All right. Let's get into these matchups, shall we? So, uh. All right, so I was a little heated there for a second. I'm gonna let's I'm gonna keep the heat going on. Let's talk about my fucking matchup, my fucking matchup, the Untouchables against Reek Hit My Kamara. Hmm. So let's a little bit of backstory here. Okay, so I've been reeling at quarterback. I've been reeling at tight end, and I'm reeling at pretty much every position. Not Nick Chubb. If Nick Chubb is there, I'm fine. Everyone else, and even even Derrick Henry's been all right until week six. So I'm struggling trying to figure out who the fuck am I going to start at quarterback because there's no way on God's green earth am I going to start Jared Goff going up against the San Francisco 49ers. No fucking way because we embarrass quarterbacks and we have all fucking year, except for Jameis Winston. He did all right. Jameis Winston had an all right day against us, minus his fucking three interceptions. But I mean, he still scored. His, his QB rating wasn't uh, it wasn't great, but it was the I think the best QB rating against our defense was Jameis Winston this year in the five games that we've played. Um, anybody out there can correct me if I'm wrong, but if not, I'm I'm probably not to that far off because Mason Rudolph didn't do shit. Um, Andy Dalton for sure did nothing, and uh, May- Baker Mayfield did jack and shit. I think his his QB rating was a 1.1. I'm not even exaggerating on that. Um, and then Jared Goff threw for less than, I think it was like 70-something yards. So good call on me not to start the motherfucker, uh, who, by the way, is no longer on my roster. Uh, well, we, he is hot, hot. He is hot on the waiver wire for anybody who wants Jared fucking Goff. But uh, anyway, so I'm on the waiver wire. I'm picking up people, picking up fucking Joe. uh, I picked up Joe Flacco for a second because there was a minute where I was like, you know what? He could be good this week. And then I saw Case Keenum going up against the Miami fucking Dolphins. I'm like, you know what? There's my winner, winner, chicken dinner. So I pick him up and then I'm reeling at tight end. I'm reeling at tight end. And guess who's on the waiver wire? Hunter fucking Henry and I'm like yeah I don't know I, I drafted him I have yet but I have not been able to start him other than week one where he played and then got fucking hurt so I ended up dropping him because he wasn't put on IR and he 
but but he's just he's hurt all the fucking time. So I ended up fucking uh, picking up Vance McDonald off the waiver wire. Well, first it was uh, Ricky Seals Jones. I'm like, dude, he's gonna have a good day against the Seahawks. But I was like, but I mean, he really hasn't had a good day other than one game where he had like two catches and one of them went for like sixty something yards or whatever. But I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's the Seahawks are not very good against tight ends. But Vance McDonald's out there, third string quarterback. Mason Rudolph threw him to a to him a bunch. Third string quarterback's gonna dump it off just as well. Running back tight end, running back tight end. Nope, nope, not the case, not the case. But anyway, I end up starting fucking uh, uh, Vance McDonald, Thor, the guy we used to call Thor. But uh, anyway, so that's that was my waiver wire, my waiver wire. Uh, uh, adventures, but then, oh, my opponent, B Lover, goes and picks up fucking Hunter Henry at the last minute, and the dude ends up being his highest fucking scorer because the guy goes for fucking, what, eight catches, 100 yards, fucking two touchdowns? Yeah, fuck you, Tommy T. You ain't fucking getting him. That's my fault. But good job, good job. I got bettered. I got bettered by Brent. But without further ado, whatever the fuck ado is, Reek hit my Kamara, beats the Untouchables, moves up to seventh place. Reek hit my Kamara, logged the highest score of the week to beat the Untouchables. Isn't that fucking great? 138 to 99. Reek hit my Kamara, took a 23.96 lead on Thursday and remained in front the rest of the matchup. The Untouchables has dropped their last five matchups. Reek hit my Kamara, climbs into seventh and Untouchables drops from ninth to tenth. Henry had plenty of opportunities for Untouchables, not Hunter type. Uh, Derek, but could only manage 33 total yards on 16 touches, you fucking piece of shit, against Denver. While the Deagles, de- the Deagles, the Eagles defense led, Reek hit my Kamara with 34.36 points last week. Henry paced the squad this week, the Hunter type, with 26 points even. Next week, Reek hit Kamara gets Uncle Tickle Buddy, which I think he changed his t- uh, named, uh, I'm your bee lover, you're my bee lover, some fucking gay ass shit. While the untouchables faces the end zone maniacs. Hmm. So yeah, I basically told you case Keenum was a good start for me. He almost got me 20 points. Almost got me 20 points. Should have been more. Yes. Um, Derek Henry. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 Here's my woes. Juju Smith Schuster. My number one overall pick. 1.2 points. Vance McDonald off the waiver wire. One catch for five yards. That equals one point in our league. Derrick Henry, 66 or 33 total yards. And I think he has a catch in there. So he has 33.8 points. 33.8. That is 30. Uh, quick math. Carry the two. Four, five. Six points out of three people. Six points out of three roster spots. Six points. Michael Gallup by himself, which B-Lovers flex, had more points than those people combined. He had 6.8. His low, minus the Philadelphia Eagles defense getting fucking embarrassed by the Minnesota defense, or Minnesota offense, uh, Michael Gallup was his highest skill position. 
or lowest skill position was 6.8. And I had three dudes totaling less than that. The fuck's the untouchables. Jesus Christ. Do I got to get out there and play for you? Nick Chubb's the only fucking one that shows up every week. Every fucking week, Nick Chubb's there. Nick Chubb almost got me 30 points. But, and everybody does like just mediocre. But hey, congratulations. Tyreek Hill is back. His first catch, I think, or second catch goes for 50 plus and a touchdown. An amazing play, by the way. The shortest dude on the field jumps higher than two dudes, a corner and a safety or two safeties, whatever they were. Uh, gets the ball, comes down, and reaches over the plane. It was amazing. It was an awesome touchdown. Love seeing Tyreek Hill. He's an awesome, awesome, exciting player to watch. I hate going up against him. That's why the past two seasons I have owned him, except for this year. I did not. Uh, actually, no, I don't know if I had him last year. I can't remember if I had him last year or not. No, I don't think I did. I had him two years before last year and this year, if I remember right. But anyway. But staples in my off in my lineup, Nick Chubb, San Francisco defense. They show up for me every day. And Calvin Ridley, man, he's been he's been better than fucking DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins finally gets me double digits over two weeks of not giving me double digits. But my highest my highest wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, twelve point eight. Nick Chubb almost thirty points. God damn man. But anyway. Just fucking shit, man. Can I catch a goddamn break? Uh, difference makers. Difference makers by people who don't catch breaks. Don't kill yourself, guys. It's coming soon. Nick Chubb is the difference maker for the untouchable scoring 27.4 points. Chubb has now eclipsed 100 yards rushing for the second time this season. Two times. <sighs> Too bad that nobody, the Niner has, the Niners have yet to give up a hundred yard rusher. We gave up our first rushing touchdown of the year this year, and it was to a wide receiver, and that was Robert Woods. And Tyreek Hill for Rekit My Camara scoring 22 and a half points, 80 receptions, or excuse me, 80 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Hill tallied the third highest score for wide receivers this week. So good job, guys. All right. Ah, go fuck yourself, beloved. And what 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 what's this next matchup here? What's the next matchup? The next matchup being uh, Jake and the Pink Eye Slayers. Wow, still the hottest team in the league. Uh, going up against the former hottest team in the league in uh, Hail Mary Jane. Uh, boy, that it was close. It was, it had promise, but it ended up pretty much like my matchup. Only Chano scored more points than I did. Though, by the way, that was the, the first time that I have not eclipsed a hundred points on the season. So, uh, yeah, and I did, I would have beat a oh, God damn it. I would have beaten three other motherfuckers. I would have beaten fantasy John. I would have beaten Hefe, and I would have beaten Ed again, but no, I go up against the dude who scores the highest points for the week. God, fucking pity party for me. And you, I have the microphone, so you will listen to everything I have to say. The Pink Eye Slayers beat Hail Mary Jane and move into the top spot. Ow! Yeah, Jakey Poo! That big-ass grumpy bear 
is the number one spot. I got to open a beer here for him. Uh, this is for you, Jake. Much props to the guy who was in the cellar for most of the year last season, taking home the Tyler and the Grumpy Bear at draft day, is now the number one team in the FIB. Cheers to you, my friend. That's a tasty beverage, <clears throat> Morty. I would pronounce it. Uh, my wife got this from me from uh, World Market. It's uh, a German beer uh, called Benediktiner. Benediktiner. It's a fist beer. So I'm sure it's some sort of festival beer. Oh, boy. Where was that? Uh, stop doing that. I hate it when you get up like notifications on your computer for no fucking reason. So I apologize for that. But anyway, Pink Eye Slayers assumes first place in the league after beating Hail Mary Jane. 136 to 102. They put up the second highest point total in the league this week. The Pink Eye Slayers took a 45 point lead on Sunday afternoon and held the lead all throughout the matchup. <coughs> Morty! Hail Mary Jane just doesn't have what it takes to beat Pink Eye Slayers who extends their career unbeaten streak to three games in the series. Hail Mary Jane actually averages more per game in losses than wins. <laughs> Get that? To make matters worse, Hail Mary Jane had a starter score zero points. Jeff Wilson. Come on, Chano. Jeff Wilson's on our practice squad now. Come on. I wanted to say something to you so bad before the start of the week. But I, that's not my place, man. You you outrank me in the standings, so I am not going to help you with that. Jeff Wilson is not even on our active roster right now. He's on the, he is on the practice squad. So, uh, yep, good on you for scoring zero there. But anyway, uh, back to uh, just something right now. What we were saying it was like, what the hell? Chano's winning all these games, and he's not even scoring 100 points. So, Hail Mary actually averages more points when he loses 103.5 and when he wins he's averaging 99.8 so that's the competition he plays down to the competition that's what it is there was one starter on the pink eye slayers that failed to capitalize on opportunities despite being targeted seven times dj chark could manage just three catches hmm dj chark finally has a fucking regular dude day while Julio Jones led the Pink Eye Slayers in week three with 22 points and Lamar Jackson in week four with 32, Jackson has now been the team's high scorer for three of the last five weeks. And he scored him 30.64. Hmm. The Pink Eye Slayers get Freaks and Zeke in week seven while Hail Mary Jane goes up against game underscore blouses. Oh, man. So, yeah, good, man, we got to fucking stop this train. That is the Jake Meister, the Pink Eye Slayers, the Bearded One. We have to stop this dude, guys. Come on. The NFC, or excuse me, the FIB West. You guys are obviously the toughest the toughest league in the FI, or division in the league right now with uh, even your even your fourth place fucking finisher would be third in anybody else's uh division but uh yes you have two of the top teams in the league um 
well, number one and number two, I guess, are uh, in your league right now. But anyway, but geez, good, god damn. How about Austin Hooper? Austin Hooper, who would have fucking thought a guy who quietly was a tight end, a top 10 tight end last year in fantasy, the dude is going nuts, man. And I believe this is a contract year for him. So uh, he may be testing the old uh, free water or the free agency waters there. And depending, and I have a prediction here, if the Falcons don't sign this dude, I could see this dude going to the NFC West and uh, not, not a team with an S in front of their names, but I could totally see him going to any other team other than the Niners in the NFC West. Will Disley, uh, depending on how bad that uh, Achilles tear is, I could totally see Austin Hooper be becoming a Ram. Uh, I don't know. They're paying a lot of people a lot of money next year, so he, he might not work that. I could totally see him being a Cardinal next year. Totally see him being being a Ram or a Cardinal next year, but uh, that's all hinges if the Falcons don't sign him. But anyway, the Rams do need a fucking tight end because uh, Chano started um, Gerald Everett and the dude had two catches, 10 yards or some shit like that. Two catches, nine yards or something. But anywho, um, yeah, you started Jeff Wilson, Chano. Uh, I don't know if it's your delayed internet or what but yeah jeff wilson was yeah not not even a i don't think he even dressed up for us i could be wrong i could be wrong but usually when it's about the 49ers i am not um but uh yeah 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 yeah. not uh not somebody who was getting any touches because we had mostert coleman and brita all suited up and our number two tight end or number two or three tight end in Dwelly being our fullback. So it was Jeff Wilson was definitely not getting fullback work. But uh, we'll see what we do. I think we worked out some tight end or some uh, some uh, who are they? Fullbacks. We worked out some fullbacks the other day. So we'll see what happens. But uh, the difference makers brought to you by chicks with dicks just because you never know anymore you got to shake hands like your scout master used to start shake start crotch shaking that is that's probably your best bet and look out for the madam's apples uh chris carson chris carson is the difference maker for the pink eye slayers by churning out 24 carries for 124 yards and a td this week carson now has at least 100 yards on the ground in each of his last three games and i think he's probably fumbled every game this week or every game this year too I, i could be wrong on that but i think he's like leading the league in fumbles for a running back uh matt ryan is uh chano's Hail Mary Jane's uh, difference maker. The best score by a QB this week was 38.94 points by Ryan. 356 passing yards and four TDs. It probably would have been Jameis Winston if he didn't throw for 17 interceptions. But anyway, that dude's a piece of shit. But congratulations, uh, Jake. And uh, I hope uh, I hope you start seeing that L column fill up because uh, fuck that, fucking too many wins, man. All right, on to the next, on to the next matchup. Game underscore blouses 
versus Freaks and Zeeks. This is uh, um, lovers going at it. Uh, besties of bests, the best of times, the worst of times. Uh, this looks like it was the worst of times for uh, uh, Hoey and Game underscore Blouses. Um, yes, so behind a sizzling showing from Kurt Cousins. Was it fueled by Zach Brown? We don't know. Freaks and Zeke picked up a victory over game underscore blouses. The production of Kurt Cousin led the way as Freaks and Zeke beat game underscore blouses 128 to 105 in the in the 23 point triumph for Freaks Freaks and Zeke. Cousins exploded for 36.32 points. He passed for four touchdowns as a part of his huge game, which was 333 yards, four touchdowns, and one pick. He also recorded the third highest point total in the league this week with 128 points. Or, excuse me, with 128 points, Freaks and Zeke had their top total of the season. Freaks and Zeke climbs into fifth, while game underscore blouses drops to sixth place. There were two players that let some chances slip away for game underscore blouses, even though D.D. Westbrook, Day-Day Westbrook, and Zach Ertz saw a total of 17 combined targets. They were only able to reel in just seven catches between them. Yuck. While Adam Thielen led Freaks and Zeke with 28.5 points this week, or last week, Cousins placed, paced the squad with 36.32. In week seven, Freaks and Zeke goes up against the number one Pink Eye Slayers. And game underscore blouses plays Hail Mary Jane. Ah. Wait, let's look at this. Okay, so where, let's look at where Joey fucked up. Joey played Austin Eckler, got him less than five points. Yuck. Zach Ertz goes for less than seven. And the Nuge, the uh, Morty, the Nuge, Mike Nugent, the kicker for the Patriots, only gets five points. Day Day gets six and eight. Yeah, just it looks like pretty much run of the mill. Everybody shit the bed for you. Matt Breida only gets eight point three, but it's it's hit or miss with Niners Niners running backs because now when now that Tevin Coleman is healthy and Matt Breida is there, they're gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna tire both of them out. They're gonna go with a hot hand, yes, but they're gonna get that it's guaranteed that three running backs are gonna touch the ball every week for San Francisco. So just be prepared. That I'm, I'm Matt Breed is a flex play at best. Tevin Coleman is a flex play at best because of a running back or backfield by committee, running back by committee, whatever you want to say, however you want to call it. Yeah, that, that's what you get with that. And it uh, looks like that's what's going on in uh, what's it called? Uh, Los Angeles, LA. Every time I see the Chargers uh, abbreviation LAC, I always want to say LA Clippers. Chargers, the LA Chargers still does not sound right at all. I apologize for those that may disagree with me, but LA Chargers does not sound right at all. They, I feel like they should just go back to San Diego. Really do. Really do. But anyway, that's not for me to decide. But yeah, basically, you just run of the mill. You're back to, you're back to being normal. Back to being a normal team there. Even Patrick Mahomes, 26 points. That's pretty good, but it's not what you're used to if you're a Patrick Mahomes owner. And then Kirk Cousin has some fuel because uh, 
old Zach Brown. I'm sure this isn't it, but Zach Brown says the weakest link in Minnesota on that offense is Kirk Cousins. And the dude lit that Eagles defense up like they were nothing. Four touchdowns. And damn, and three of them were like long, if I remember right. Uh, Anyway, and Devonta Freeman finally doing Devonta Freeman's. Zeke Elliott goes off. Adam Thielen on one of the receiving end of one of those touchdown passes. Cooper Cup shit of the bed because we'll know why. He hit a brick wall called the San Francisco defense. <laughs> Tyler, I farted. Uh, Tyler, I fur. Yeah, I farted. A farted. Taylor, I farted. From Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, less than three points. Yuck! And Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon only does for goes for six point three. But this the 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 Colts, the Clipper. See, I did it again. I see. I, mm, the Chargers. Just that running back by committee, and they just they got down. They got down quick. They got down quick. And did they win? I don't think they won. I think well, I can't remember if they won or not. But regardless, regardless. Um, they didn't run the ball very much in uh, L.A. Or the L.A. team, formerly known as the San Diego team, did not run the ball very much or well. So, but damn. All right, Difference Makers. Difference Makers brought to you by teams that shouldn't be in the city that they are. Uh, go the fuck home. Go back to where you came from. So, like, the L.A. Rams, that just means, to me, that just... That just, that's right. When I was a kid, it was the LA Rams. Like, it was the LA Rams. And then they moved to St. Louis. And that didn't feel right for a long time. But now that they're back in LA, it just seems, it's like, man, that just, it, feel, it feels good. I know they won a Super Bowl in St. Louis, but it was, it just, it just feels weird. I mean, it feels, it feels normal with the Rams being in LA. Truly does. Truly, truly does. And when the Raiders leave Oakland, it's not going to feel right. It's not going to feel right. Um, not for a while, if it ever does. But just Oakland needs a football team. San Diego needs a football team. And I, I, I would, uh, yeah, whatever. Patrick Mahomes is the difference maker for game underscore blouses. Mahomes went 19 for 35 for 273 and three TDs. The first time he's thrown for under 300 yards this season. But he's still their difference maker, pointing out one of his flaws. And then Devonta Freeman is, um, who'd you go up against again? Oh, uh, Butters. Butters goes for uh, Devonta Freeman. With 25.3 points, 88 rushing yards, and 30 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns, Freeman tallied the third highest score for a running back this week. Ow! Too bad they won't go against the Arizona Cardinals every single week. But congratulations, Butters, on becoming uh, going 4 and 2 after a horrible start. Horrible start. Go 500, 2 and 2, and now you've bust off two in a row. Good job, dude. Good job. I wish I was uh, drinking that Kool-Aid, but I'm not. But uh, all right, next matchup. Next matchup. This is the battle of another battle of besties. <laughs> oh, Hawkamaniac and Fantasy John Dale and John 
had it started off i think somewhat competitive and then it wasn't powered by a signature performance from russell wilson hawkamaniac wins against fantasy john with the output from russell wilson playing a key factor imagine that the mvp of the leagues that thus far being a factor hawkamaniac got a victory over fantasy john 124 to 94 Ooh, yuck 30 points Wilson heated up for 32 points, almost 33, in a 30-point triumph for Hawkamaniac. In addition to the Seattle QB's, uh, in addition to the Seattle QB, Christian McCaffrey pinched, pitched in with 19, almost 20 points. Hawkamaniac climbs into second place while Fantasy John drops to eighth place. Cook had plenty of opportunities for Fantasy John. Cook, Cook, Cook. Oh, he's talking about Dalvin. Dalvin Cook. Uh, Not Jared or Connor. (laughs) Had plenty of opportunities for Fantasy John, but could only manage 54 points on 18 touches. While Christian McCaffrey led Hockamaniac in weeks five, or excuse me, four and five, Wilson has now been the team's leading point getter in three of the last five weeks. To go along with fantasy victory, Hawkamaniac has even was keen enough to select winners in real life football as well. Every one of their player starters played for an NFL team that won this week. Oh, because that's so relevant. That's so relevant with Emmanuel Sanders scoring uh, 0.5. So that's like five yards rushing, right? Because or a catch and no yards. Anyway. Good job, Emmanuel Sanders. You're a winner in real life. Fucking idiot. Every one of the... Yeah, okay. In week seven, Hawkamaniac faces the last place team in the league. Rudy Rudiger. Rudy Rudiger. Renegades. Fantasy John plays Silent Killers. Yuck. All right. So, Russell Wilson does Russell Wilson things. Goes up against Cleveland. Cleveland looked like they were actually going to win that fucking game. Uh, twice this week, uh, NFL teams fucking destroying the reps in uh, their performance or poor performance there, that is. And one of those games was uh, the Seahawks versus the Browns and the, the referees catching a lot of flack for that game on uh, calling what is a uh, piece of shit game. But, I mean, it was exciting to watch, but uh, not, I mean, not really exciting. It was frustrating to watch. But uh, I don't I don't like blaming the refs, but sometimes their calls or lack thereof are the reason that the outcome of the games are what they are. I'm not saying that's this that in this case whatsoever. I have no dog in that this fight. I did have a chub in the fight. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, sorry. Scratchy throat. Uh, sorry. But that was that was one of the yeah, but Russell Wilson played very well. He does what he does. He moves around, he makes plays, he extends plays. And he, he makes everybody else around him better. Even with Carson, uh, Carson uh, Chris Carson fucking dropping the ball every time. Every time fucking Russell Wilson hands him the ball, he pees his pants and fucking drops the ball. Even though he's a big dude, the dude needs to fucking learn how to hold on to that ball. I mean, unless you're going up against the Niners, because we're going to strip that motherfucker out like it's fucking your lunch. The Niners are going to eat Chris Carson's fucking lunch, I promise you. Anyway. 
back to what I was talking about. Russell Wilson is a f- the league MVP right now. I cannot think of anyone better to be the league MVP right now. Other than if if the Houston Texans start winning more games, I'm not saying they're doing horrible, but if they start winning more games and uh, uh, Deshaun Watson starts play, I mean, he did last week. He had a fucking hell of a game last week, but I just and he didn't do too bad this week either. But uh, he did really well, I think. But uh, Morty, anyway, yeah, Russell Wilson for MVP thus far. Unless you can have a whole defense. Unless you can have a whole defense be, uh, or a uh, coach, I'm going to say our defensive coordinator, Robert Salah, be the the league MVP because uh, the Niners defense is fucking killing everybody. Anyway, enough about that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that right now, Hawkamaniac and that squad that Dale has oh, no. put together is uh, this is going to be a hard one. This is uh, This is not... This is not Dale oh, no. M.O. here. Dale's usually a second half, a self-proclaimed uh, second half team. And he's been busting them off at the first half of that. He, he, um, he that is Dale, oh, no. is busting off some games in the front part of the season. And that's uh, very rare for him. Um, but he's always in the mix. Always in the mix, except for that one year he almost took the Tyler home. I think it was against, uh, it was the year that Brent actually took it home. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Jameis Winston, Jameis fucking Winston and Fantasy John. I cannot believe he fucking started Jameis Winston. I can't believe it. I mean, I actually end up, I mean, I could be wrong. I go back and look later. But I, I think he actually made the right call on the right quarterback to start. I could be wrong, though. But he had Carson Wentz and uh, another QB on his bench. But, uh, yeah. Poor John. Poor, poor John. Losing to his best friend, Dale. Oh, no. But, uh, all right. Let's go on to the next. On to the, and when we go to the next, I am going to take a sip of drink. My sip of fest beer. A fest beer. Uh, Morty. All right. Silent Killers square off against Rudy Rudiger's Renegades. Uh, Silent Killers snatches win from Rudy Rudiger's Renegades and to move into ninth place. That's my spot. That was my spot, Powder. Fuck. Beat me. And then you beat Hefe. And then you take my spot. Silent Killers. Beat Hefe. I'm not going to say Rudy Rudiger's Renegades every single time. Rudy Rudiger's Renegades, 106 to 89. Yuck. There were they were led by James Conner with 27 points off of two touchdowns and Terry McLaurin F1, who had 24 points even. Silent Killers took an early lead up 52 to 45 after the first set of Sunday games. They gave up that lead after the late Sunday night game and were behind 85 to 72. David Johnson provided a spark for Rudy Rudiger's Renegades during those games with 25 points. However, Silent Killers took the lead for good during the Steelers-Chargers game on Sunday night. Thanks to James the Terminator Corner. 
Miles Sanders really deserved more touches for Silent Killers as he put up a whopping 92 total yards on just six catches. That would have been nice. Or six touches, not catches. Well, Amari Cooper led Silent Killers matches. Led Silent Killers matches. Connor now has been the team's stop, top scorer in two of the last three weeks. Those words altogether do not make sense. Well, Amari Cooper led Silent Killers matches. Connor, there was a comma, Connor has now been the team's top scorer in the top of the last three weeks. Either this Festbier has got me fucking losing my mind. Um, I don't know what they're trying to say here. Because, yeah, Amara Cooper, yeah, he's led him in the past. Anyway, that's fucking, come on, you're better than that. In week seven, Silent Killers meets Fantasy John. Rudy Rudiger's Renegades takes on Hawkamaniac, who has averaged a league-leading 136.37 points this season. Jesus Christ, Dale, save some points for everyone else. God damn, but hey, all right, Silent Killers. Silent Killers, look at, okay, Dak (laughs) loses to the Jets. (laughs) I fucking love it when the Cowboys lose. And they've been losing a lot lately. And then to lose to the winless Jets. (laughs) But then to almost win, but to lose on on the last play. Oh, my God, that's hilarious to me. Oh, knock on wood that none of that karma comes back to me. Um, James Connor, 27 points. Miles Sanders, 16. Amari Cooper, less than one. I think he got hurt. Will Fuller got hurt, I think. I can't remember. 6.9. O.J. Howard. Why is this dude even a starter? It must be a bye week starter or something. Terry F1 McLaren gets 24 points. The dude's this is this dude's pushing for rookie of the year. Truly is. And Terry McLaurin. The dude's uh the dude's pretty good. Uh too bad he's just on a shitty team. And Greg Zerline, one point because the Niners only gave up a touchdown in the first quarter one point an extra point and the los angeles chargers guys are just gross even saying it seven points on defense teddy bridgewater started by jefe hmm interesting philip Lindsay goes for double digits and a goose egg by will disley how are you starting will disley he tore his fucking achilles last week not this week right Am I right? Hey, he didn't get hurt against Cleveland. He got hurt the week before. What do you do? I apologize if I'm wrong, but Hefe, what the fuck are you doing here? David Johnson goes for 25 in the flex. That's crazy. David Johnson in the flex. That's where we're at nowadays, man. And Justin Tucker doing Justin Tucker things, kicking a shit ton of balls. It's awesome. So, uh. I, I truly feel, I truly, truly, truly thought that this was the week that Jeff, excuse me, Hefe would come off the fucking, off the schneid and get one in the W column. No, that, that fucking, he's like, nope, I want them all here, right here in this L column. I'm going to bust up six in a row. Ooh, Jeff, Owen six, man, brother, sorry for you. Feeling sorry for you. All right, difference makers. Difference Makers brought to you by Benediktiner Fistbeater, imported from Germany. Benediktiner 
Benedictiner. I don't even know how I'm saying uh, if I'm saying that right. Benedictiner fist beater. <laughs> That's who it's brought by. Brought to you by Miles Sanders and David Johnson. <sighs> Miles Johnson with 16.7 points, six rushing yards, <laughs> and 86 receiving yards, and one receiving touchdown. Sanders tallied the 10th highest score for a running back this season. That was for Powder. And now for Hefe, David, jo- David Johnson of love. Say what? The 25.2 points scored by Johnson this week was good enough to rank fourth among running backs. Good job, David Johnson. <laughs> All right, the final matchup, last but definitely least, because it involves the other half of the Ed and Tom show, Eddie Rock, and my boy, my 20-year-old boy, Tyler Tolman and the End Zone Maniacs, or as we all know him as T-Dog. Oh, another another twenty point loss for for Eddie Rock. End zone maniac wins against Uncle Tiki. <laughs> End zone maniacs wins against Uncle Tickle Buddy for fifth straight win. <coughs> Morty, uh, Uncle Tickle Buddy found it difficult to put points on the board and lost to End Zone Maniacs one hundred two to eighty two. End zone maniacs has become a Brutal opponent to face after winning their last five matchups. Those are not my words. Uncle Tickle Buddy was led by Aaron Rodgers with 23 points. And Sony Michelle, who scored 12. Uncle Tickle Buddy was without running back Todd Gurley, who was inactive. Ah, oh, yuck. And Zone Maniacs falls to third place, even though he won. And Uncle Tickle Buddy stays in 11th, right where he should be. Watson has now led end zone maniacs in scoring back-to-back weeks and for three of the last four. Next week, end zone maniac gets the untouchables while Uncle Tickle Buddy faces Reek Hit My Kamara. So let's see all the ways that Ed fucked up. Damian Williams fucked up. Larry Fitzgerald, eh. Uh, Robert Woods gets six of his seven points on one play because it was an end-around rushing touchdown. Actually, probably all of his points came off of that rushing, that touchdown play. Um, Delaney Walker, yuck, fucked up. Malcolm Brown, fucked up. Matt Gay, six points out of a kicker. I guess that's... Run of the mill, I guess. Seahawks defense, less than five points. Yuck. Ew, your only shining star on here is Aaron Rodgers, who won the other controversial game of the week where they said the refs are the reason for the outcome. And this game, I truly believe the the Lions were shafted big time with one Big, epic, zebra-stripe, veiny, bastard referee cock. That is what the Rams, or excuse me, that is what the the uh, <laughs> Lions were dealt this week. It was a, a triple header, if you will, or a, a three-way match. The Packers versus the Zebras versus the Lions. Oh, my. But uh, poor, poor Lions 
don't let yourself be in that situation. But at the same time, when the refs are calling imaginary hands to the face calls, not once, but twice, and then calling a touchdown when a dude is obviously down before the goal line. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do here with that, but, um, uh, hopefully, hopefully the NFL gets it better or the refs get it better. But, uh, what what didn't the referees did not outcome to affect the outcome of this matchup with uh, end zone maniacs handing Eddie Rock the big flappy loss <laughs> and difference makers brought to you by pedophile mustaches because that's what I'm looking at here when Aaron Rodgers and his pedophile mustache uh, the being the difference maker for uh, Uncle Tickle Buddy and Rodgers having 283 passing yards, two touchdowns, and an interception was the highest scoring starter for Uncle Tickle Buddy this week. And the difference maker for the end zone maniacs and T Dog was George, my favorite spirit animal tight end. At all, it was a season high in yards receiving for Kittle this week as he snagged eight catches for 103. Yes, uh, and against that vaunted, that vaunted Rams defense, the one that everybody wanted to go play for. And yeah, they couldn't stop us, that's for damn sure. But uh, yeah. So good job, guys. Good job. Let's see what's. Let's go back to the the fucking main page here. So in week seven, we'll go over who plays who again. The Untouchables plays the End Zone Maniacs, and I am gonna predict that I will come off the Schneid this week, and I will win my second matchup of the season. I will be two and five when I am talking to you guys next on this podcast. At least, at least two and five. Fantasy John versus Silent Killers. I've got to give this to one to Johnny Boy. I just, I truly do. El Jefe going up against Dale. Hold on. And I'm sorry, dude. I think you're going to go 0-7. I'm pulling for you big time, man. But if I'm keeping track of uh, picks here, which I'm not, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Dale. Hold on. But, uh, mm, come on, Jefe. You are my B-lover. Re-hit my Kamara. So... Eddie Rock and B-Lover, I'm going to go with B-Lover. He just got a better team. That's easy math right there. Hail Mary Jane versus Game Underscore Blouses. Um, I really want to pick Chana here, but uh, um, if he starts Jeff Wilson again, I, I don't see that as so. Um, I, I, I think Chana wins. I do. I do think Chana wins, and I think it's close. I actually think it's super close. This is probably our closest matchup of week seven right here. Uh, Hail Mary Jane versus Game Blouses. I think this will be the closest uh, closest margin of victory in there. And I, I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Chano. I am. I'm going to pick Chano um, solely because uh, uh, right now I love him to death. But uh, Joey is in my fucking doghouse for his uh, comments towards me. And I just, I just want him to fucking know that I love him, but come on, dude, I, you need to feel the love, man. Start, start being happy. Start being happy. And then, uh, freaks and Zeke 
versus the number one Pink Eye Slayer. Probably the matchup of the week right here, Freaks and Zeke with Pink Eye Slayers. I don't think it'll be close one way or the other, but I'm, I'm, pulling, for, I'm pulling for butters, man. We got to take down number one. We got to take downs number one. Take them down. There can be no separation here. There cannot be any separation. We need to keep them down with the down with the uh, the regular folk. And if and if if everything that I said comes true, then that means probably oh, no. Dale will be our number one next next week. Or or Tyler, T Dog T Dog or Dale oh, no. are going to be number one next week. If what I say comes true, um, that being with Butters beating Jake, but uh, that's all. That's all for that's, uh, that's just that's just fun stuff there. Oh, and a, a trade went through. The second trade of the season went through. Uh, only six people voted, and it was split fifty-fifty. So of course that's going to go in favor of the trade. Uh, not getting a majority vote here, um, but everybody. Uh, was put out in text it was put out on the page and it, yeah so I, I i ultimately feel we need to talk about some stuff uh talk about some things before next season starts like how trades are handled uh, i think uh i think powder hit it fucking nail on hit the nail on the fucking head when he says we got the 12 dudes that we believe are going to carry through this league for a very long time all 12 of us. I don't I do not see one person leaving. And if they do, I I feel sorry for whatever you're going through for what you why you would leave. Um but why would you leave? I don't I don't know. I don't know why we would leave. But anyway, that would be your reason to deal with or not. But 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 getting getting back to it, uh trades. Nobody in this league is tanking. And if there were, if they were, Ed and I would definitely catch it. We definitely catch it. We've caught it in the past with other people fucking dropping teams off into the waiver wire during fucking playoffs. And we stopped it. We stopped that shit. Um, Keepers. We stopped that shit and we made it right. We made it right. So, um, so yeah, I just, uh, if, if, if an owner submits a trade request to another owner and the other owner accepts it, with with uh, commissioner oversight, it should just be fucking. It should just happen. There's nobody tanking in this league anymore. We got rules in place for that that would show like if you don't if you start fucking start uh, starting teams or players that are inactive or on IR or whatever, and you're not paying attention to team. There's repercussions for it. But there's thing we got, we got the twelve people in play that we know are going to put their best foot forward. However good that best foot is, is on you for real. I mean, it, it's on you. It's your team and it's your, t- it's your team to run as shitty as you want to. If you accept a trade, but if it does look like collusion and it does look like, um, and it does look like tanking or something, we would stop it. Um, so I am a huge advocate on just letting trades happen letting the commissioner the commissioners fucking have the final say because right now that's how it's set up is commissioner veto but because of last year's fucking uh, debate it goes to a poll on the page because just hitting 
accept trade or reject trade or whatever the fucking button is on the app or whatever uh, or the web page. No, nobody's doing that or at least people are just not caring about the trade, like rightfully so, because if it doesn't affect you, whatever or whatever. It, and if you have a voice, obviously you're gonna. If you if you don't feel one way or about it or the other, you're just gonna not do anything. Or if you do or against it, you're gonna say no. So this way, obviously, if people people nobody's complained about this one. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's working, guys. That just if two owners agree on a trade, let it fucking happen. But like I said, the commissioners will look and see, does this look like collusion? Does this look like tanking? Does this look like somebody's on the exit? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Or we, we would know. We would figure that shit out. But uh, yeah, so second trade of the season happens in uh, mid-October with the NFL trade, dine, trade deadline rapidly approaching, which is also the FIB trade deadline, which has also been a point of contention that has not changed at all. So um, just remember, guys, trade deadline, I believe, is October 31st. And if it's not, it's whatever the NFL Whatever the NFL trade deadline is, which I believe is Halloween, um, yeah. So uh, just know there, there's trading to be done. Got to got to do it soon. But uh, yeah, so I traded away Juju Smith Schuster and Derek Carr to Fantasy John for Carson Wentz and Tyler Boyd. So probably a wash on all of those picks. But I'm just trying to shake shit up in my in my fucking wheelhouse, and so is John. Uh, both not having the greatest of years. He's two and four. I'm one and five. Just trying to trying to make some changes here, and that's what trading's all about. Trying to make your team better. You think you have an inkling about a player, and how else can you do it if somebody else owns them? You gotta trade them. You gotta trade them. So maybe it just he'll it'll work out better for you. And maybe the players you're giving away are going to work out better for him. I, w- I hope Juju Smith-Schuster works out for uh, for Johnny. Because he didn't for me. And he was my number one fucking pick. So talk about fucking number one overall bus in a fucking draft. Fuck you, Juju. I hope you're happier on somebody else's team in another division. <sighs> All right. So there's that. All right. So let's go on to... The money. Highest week one score stays with Brent with his week three performance of 167.74. Closest margin of loss belongs to B-Lover as well with his .44 loss to Butters in week five. Highest single actor player stays with Tyler for last week's performance with Deshaun Watson getting 51.74 points. League MVP for the second week in a row is Russell Wilson with his 184.26 points being awarded to Dale. Hold on. And total team points belongs to, oh, I didn't change the name, but I did change the points. And I have to go back and look. Yep, that also belongs to Dale. So Joey owned it last week, but not one, but two people passed him in the points four column in one week, being Dale and Jakey Poo. 
Uh, both have passed him. And, yeah, that's – so three of the top scoring teams, th- the one, two, and three top scoring teams in the league all reside in the FIB West. Um, with Jake being one, Hockamaniac – or, excuse me, Hockamaniac being one, Jake being two, and game underscore blouses and Hoey being uh, three with points four. So, um Fun fact, in the FIB Coastal with Chano Butters, myself, and uh, Eddie Rock, I am the highest scoring team in that division. But I have also have the most points scored against me. And it's not even close. Like, not even close. I've scored 675 points. People... My total points scored against me, 750 points, 749 points. Closest behind me in my division for points scored against is Ed with 663 points scored against him. But Ed is uh, also uh, scoring a league low 551 points this year. So, yeah, everybody is having their fucking best game against me. Um, I have not put my best foot forward each week. That is for sure. So it's not all on on just numbers. It's it's performance. But 749 is the third highest points scored against anybody this year. Yep. So far, third highest points scored against. The most points scored against is uh, <laughs> Jeff. Poor Jeff. So I'm complaining about something, but uh, he's actually right. It's almost right neck and neck with me. He's under, he scored about 15 points less than I have, but it's about 25 more points scored against him. (laughs) And fantasy John has had uh, about 15 more points scored against me as well, or 10 points scored against whatever. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. But yeah, that's 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 nuts. <laughs> so that's that's the uh, that's the uh, FIB in week six, the week that was. So uh, yeah, I just I just want to let you guys know again. Um, um, no 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 bad blood, Joey. Um, it's it is what it is. You're allowed to say what you want to say. I'm allowed to say what I want to say, but, uh, but realize that if you're talking shit about me or talking shit about whatever I'm passionate about, I'm going to have something to say back. But, uh, like I said, I love you like a brother and I love all you guys. No homo. But anyway, um, so that is week six and, uh, better luck next week to those that lost and worse luck to you that have won. Um, and on behalf of Eddie Rock and the Ed and Tom Show, I am Tommy T, your Lord Commissioner. And until next week, go fuck yourselves. Green salad, green salad.